COVID-19 has reshaped the world of customer service and customer experience in so many ways, from how brands and consumers interact and communicate to how organizations operate and the technologies that they're using. This is Matt Wujak, CCW Digital Analyst, and I'm thrilled to be joined by two other speakers who will be helping me dive into this topic, and more specifically, how vaccine management is transforming the healthcare industry as well as customer service as a whole. Our first speaker today is CCW Digital Principal Analyst, Brian Cantor. Brian, how are you? Matt, it's an absolute pleasure to be here. Like you said, Principal Analyst for CCW Digital. And so really what keeps me up at night, what keeps my attention day to day is how can we make the customer experience better? Where are opportunities emerging to make our business run more smoothly, empower our teams, and of course, most importantly, get that frontline experience to where it needs to be. Now, you and I, of course, we spend time not only in a professional basis, but frankly, our chats day to day are about all facets of the customer experience, all the potential inefficiencies and opportunities companies have to take the experience to the next level. But let's be honest, on a day to day basis, a lot of what we're talking about are changes within a fairly stagnant status quo. We're talking about little tweaks and little optimizations you can make that are going to take you from good to great or to be a little bit more negative, perhaps fair to good. What we've seen over the past year has been a far higher stakes to our customer experience, far more pressure to actually perform. We're no longer just thinking about why should we maybe make these little improvements. We're thinking about what happens if we don't and the significant costs that come with that. Everything from the way our systems connect, the way we use technology, and the way we really decide what matters to our service operations. Today's topic, you know, I don't want to give too many spoilers. I'm sure you have an intro plan, but today's topic really speaks to that, and I'm so excited to be part of the discussion. Absolutely, Brian, and we could talk about this all day, and frankly, we spent many days doing exactly that, but that's why we wanted to bring on the GM for Healthcare and Life Sciences, Mike Lucy. Mike, how are you? I'm great. Pleasure to speak with you today, Matt and Brian. And uh, Brian, th that enthusiasm you have in talking about the pressures that existed before. Right? I, I did a keynote last year just around this time and it had talked about there were cracks already in the healthcare model. And, and what we saw was COVID put a tremendous amount of pressure on these existing cracks, which caused them to widen. But what we've also seen is that technology has a critical role to play in the health bridging that, that gap and moving us into a whole different state. And so I, I'm excited to talk to you about what's going on with vaccines today. I think it's a, a good indicator about what's going to come in the future. Uh, how when you get the entire world focused on, on, a, on a single problem, the type of progress that we can make together. And so uh, looking forward to today's conversation. Definitely. And, and yeah, like you said, this is one of those areas where it's not some behind the scenes thing that only contact center people know or only customer service people know. Everyone out there, everyone in the world is experiencing the process of getting a vaccine on a day to day basis. They're seeing the inefficiencies and they're seeing the opportunities. And so that idea, when you have the impact of the customer experience right in front of people, that's really when you can start to understand the stakes and, of course, start to drive movements. Now, I know that Matt brought up, you know, that we were great to have another person to talk to about this topic, but you're not a random guy. It's not like we just picked someone out of the lineup and said, we really need a third person for our conversation. You've really been quoted recently as an expert on this topic. I know it's a big part of what your organization does and certainly a big focus area for you. And in fact, 
you were recently quoted in Forbes giving some really great insights about some of the challenges as we trans transition from vaccine development, which of course, as we know, was a chaotic and important process in its own right, but going from that development of the vaccine all the way to vaccine management. Now, of course, when you think about that, you have the idea of customer service and you think about making sure that we make it easy for patients and meeting them where they wanna be met. You think about concepts like transparency, they're certainly gonna allow us to communicate better with our, our teams and with our patients and that's all valuable. But those are high level concepts. So I'm really curious if you can share some of the key areas in customer service that you see directly impacting vaccine administration that our listeners really need to know about. Yeah, happy to. And we've, within our organization, we've been working with customers all around the world for greater than uh, half a year now. And so as we've had these conversations, we've learned what's been working, uh, what you need to stay away from, and then what human behavior looks like, depending on the model that you roll out. And so I'd be happy to share, you know, some of the insights with that. And and when you you talk about the quote uh, of saying that that greatest challenge, I was talking about what we consider as the greatest workflow challenge of, of our lifetime. And, and that's simply there's 7.8 billion people in the world, including children, uh, at some point that will be vaccinated. And for the majority of the vaccines out there, now with the additional uh, Johnson and Johnson vaccine that only requires a single dose. The other ones all require two jabs in the arm, which means that over a 12-month period that we have to vaccinate not not just 7.8 billion times, but we need to give the second dose also. So that's 15 billion jabs in the arm in a 12-month period. And, and it's one of the few times, like when you look at from a human history perspective, where every single country is trying to do the same thing at the same time. And so what stands out is one, human behavior, depending on the model that's rolled out. And, and here's what we've seen tied back to the, this, this huge workflow challenge is it's critical to provide transparency. And I'll talk about what that means. It's critical to connect supply and demand. And it's critical to digitize as many processes as possible, which we normally talk about contactless. You can assume that if it's contactless, it's been digitized. And if it's been digitized, you, you can essentially run a workflow that drives very consistent, predictable outcomes. And so in healthcare, when we talk about patients, patient is really a consumer that has been converted to a customer, right? If you're talking about insurance, it's a member, everybody has different terms for it, but let's just talk about consumer behavior for a minute. Uh, you know, I've, I've worked in healthcare, I've worked in a number of industries, I've also worked in retail where I was also working on healthcare. And what I found early on in retail was, and I lived through many Black Friday experiences. And, and if you remember the early days of Black Friday is when there was lack of clarity of supply, when there was inconsistent process that the consumer needed to follow, and then when there wasn't a clear way to have a digital experience, that the system started to get uh, brought to its knees, right? It would break down because when consumers aren't educated, and, and, I'll, and I'll tie this back into what we've been seeing on vaccines, starting point, a portal, a portal that has knowledge on it, a portal that has a virtual agent on it for engagement, a portal that can ask a lot of the questions that need to be asked ahead of time to give that consumer guidance and put them on a very specific journey. When you don't do that, people become scared. They're scared because they, they don't have clarity of 
the, the process. They don't have clarity on when they actually will have their turn. And they're really not sure about the overall kind of end to end. And the outcome is I wanna be vaccinated. And so starting point with what we've seen is you start with a portal with knowledge. You start with a portal with a virtual agent. You start putting in that virtual agent, what are the most common questions? And you also start doing the pre-visit questions. And a pre-visit, we've all experienced this, You know, how many times have you gone to the doctor and you fill out the same form every single time, the questions that they ask? It's mind numbing when you think about that process. Now imagine that you have to do that 15 billion times in a year for everybody that's running through this process. You gotta digitize that. And so I'll pause there for a second, just curious your thoughts on it. But like the starting point is that engagement layer and starting to provide some knowledge and transparency into the process that that consumer is gonna go through. Yeah, and I know Matt's gonna wanna jump in. This is something he focuses on quite a bit, but I do wanna add, I think the important thing is not only digitizing it, but digitizing the right things and making why you're doing it so clear. Like you said, customer education is a big part of it because the fact is we've had technology that can do a lot of this for a while, but companies haven't been using it correctly and customers aren't experiencing it in their day-to-day lives. Patients don't know it exists, why it exists, how best to use it. And so they're building preferences, they're building concerns and they're changing their sentiment based on this lack of information about what could be happening and what should be happening. And then if companies are exacerbating that by not deploying their digital experiences correctly, forcing you to use digital things when a face-to-face conversation makes the most sense, not using digital when digital makes the most sense, that's when you're going to be left with frustrated customers, in this case, scared customers and patients, and of course, an inefficient business. So certainly it's about not only looking at what technology can do, but when it makes the most sense and how to communicate that value. Absolutely. You guys both bring up a lot of great different points relating to both consumer behavior and the operational component um, that organizations like ServiceNow are experts in. Um, Obviously, a huge component of that service in terms of digitizing the experience and being able to handle, say, automated questions or things that might be a lower value interaction with a higher uh, value of importance, but might be Um, quicker in terms of the interaction. Self-service is a huge component of that, obviously. Um, In fact, according to CCW Digital's research, 85% of customer service leaders are looking to improve self-service and for good reason, obviously. So my question is, particularly in the healthcare industry, why is self-service important now more than ever before? And what does it mean for the vaccine workflow going forward? Yeah, it's a great question. And we've seen the outcomes of when self-service isn't implemented uh, in the beginning. And, and, and in the vaccine space right now, and what we've seen play out is it tends to lead to a person calling a contact center, looking for answers, and those contact centers become overwhelmed. And so the news stories that we've seen over the last few months where People couldn't get what they were looking for. They started making these phone calls and then the contact centers also start to fail. We also, as we were looking at what was going on in the market and developing our solutions and implementing these solutions, we saw that there was a certain point in time where you couldn't actually even find another contact center to to go and ask them to outsource some of these capabilities to because everybody had gone that way. Everybody had gone the way of, let's try to staff up by just throwing people at this and it did not work. And so self-service becomes important on a number of fronts. One, it's very empowering. When you allow a consumer to to have choice, 
right? to, to have the ability to understand, okay, here's what things are looking like. I'm gonna actually step through this process and I'm gonna make it really efficient. It tends to send the message back to from, from the organization, whether that's a national or a state or a provider or some other organization that's, are, that's having an active role in the vaccine process, that it sends a message that when you, when you make it easy, that you care. Right? Like there, there, there's a direct correlation between, like we talk about sentiment and, and, and like what's the sentiment off of that individual to that organization that I think if you replace the word sentiment and just said, did somebody feel like you cared about them? That's really important. And it's, it's even more important during something like this pandemic where people are scared. And depending on like your overall health and, and a number of other elements there, um, it could mean the difference between life or death. And so self-service is, is critical. You know, we talked about the portal, then you, you digitize those process and make it very easy for someone not to have to call another human, but the, to get the answers that they need um, through that experience and start leading them on a path that drives to a very consistent process. And so, you know, I'd kind of end on that part with just saying people want predictability in what's going to happen. Yeah, and it kind of echoes or aligns with a concept that we've introduced quite a bit, which is not groundbreaking, but just to reiterate, is the idea of scaling intelligently, right? So when we talk about, oh, there's a sudden surge in volume or our business is growing or we have a new thing like a vaccine where there's going to be a lot of patient questions and a lot of conversations that need to happen, instinctively, we've always thought that means we need to hire a bunch more people and we need to get more customer service workers in the seats to answer these questions. When in reality, scaling just means that you're increasing your organizational capacity. And if you have self-service running on full cylinders and everyone is getting what they need from self-service, you don't necessarily need to expand the size of your contact center. You don't necessarily need to deal with five times as many calls. You're simply able to solve more problems because you've used technology correctly. You've given customers what they need where they need it. And you're actually giving them a better experience without necessarily even seeing your costs rise all that much. You know, another thing is we've talked about volume surges both over the past year, any business about, oh, they're dealing with so much volume, whether they're trying to cancel a trip or whether they need to go to the doctor or whatever it may be COVID related. We've again taken volume surges for granted when in reality, that's not necessarily the case. If self-service was working, if we were using our full mix of channels correctly, we would obviously be dealing with more inquiries and helping more customers, but we wouldn't necessarily be seeing this huge surge of volume into the contact center because people would be getting the solution anyway. And with that, you know, when you're talking about high stakes, you, those are going to be, they're in play. There's no denying that the stakes here are high. So you can't try to figure out how am I going to navigate so many different calls? You have to figure out how can I make sure that I'm using my organization, using my resources to give customers what they need, in this case, give patients what they need. Now, we can talk about where organizations are going wrong. We can talk about theoretically what they should do. And believe me, I'm a complaining kind of person. You're a solution provider. So I'm sure we love talking about problems and how to fix them. But I do want to use some time here to also shine the spotlight on what has been working and what companies have been doing that addresses some of what we've been talking about. So, so Mike, from your perspective, for those organizations that are navigating vaccine management successfully, what have they been doing that's been working so well? Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I recently uh, worked on a, a paper with a number of my peers based on what we were seeing 
across the, the world. And we, we called out these 10 best practices of um, what's successful. And, and what, I'd, what I'd call out, and I'll, I'll provide a little context before I, I cover that, is the market's moving in phases right now. And so if you were watching the news, they talked about the phase 1A or the phase 1B and, and extended. And then most recently, last week, President Biden had uh, set out the call that everybody needs to open up their, their registration systems for getting vaccinated by May 1st. That doesn't mean that the supply will be there, right? but, but it is going to take us to the next degree that says we've been testing different pieces out with very small subsets, even though we're still talking millions of people, right? Like with, with our systems, there's more than 20 million people that have already been going through this. Well, 20 million people, but remember, there's there 7.8 billion people that are all going to go through this process at the same time. And so there's, um, there's an element here that everybody's been putting the infrastructure in place to be successful here. And the things that really stand out, and, and I'll, I'll kind of read them off here, um, that just give you some, some context of what it means across the board. So one, I talked about creating a public facing portal and address whatever questions are gonna come up and, and provide some clarity around the process and then start digitally engaging. And, and what that means is the virtual agent pieces that I've talked about. Second part was making sure that the consumer can have a self-service experience. Uh, there is a role for the contact center and it shouldn't be for um, every single person that wants to get an appointment that they have to call in. Rather, it should be left to the individuals that maybe aren't as tech savvy. They don't feel as comfortable with it. But you know, I, sometimes I hear, oh, does that mean that somebody older than this age? That, that is not, there is no boundaries anymore on who's the right fit for tech and who's not. We've seen uh, you know, our customers using it of all different ages, but there are still a few that maybe have more nuanced questions and you should be having your contact center really operate at the top of their license and their capabilities. And, and so self-service to protect the contact center and allow the contact center to serve the, the, the more nuanced questions. The, the next piece is making it contactless. And, and when we talk about contactless, and I started earlier talking about digitization, um, QR codes, those have been a significant benefit here, which is you don't want, if you're going through a vaccination clinic, you think about that paper process. And if everybody that was going to go get vaccinated, um, even if they had an appointment, by the time they got there, if they didn't fill out things ahead of time and they had to all touch a pen, and then they had to all fill out the paperwork. And then you had to go hand that to another human sitting there. And then they would have to go and enter the information. And then there would be this back and forth to confirm that everything's accurate. That's taking something that, you know, one of our customers, um, Children's Hospital of, uh, of Minnesota, they had a process that was taking about two hours and 40 minutes to get people through from beginning to end. By digitizing that entire process, leveraging the vaccine solution, they brought that down to 20 minutes beginning to end. And so if you ask, where do those challenges exist? Well, it's paper, it's the handoffs, it's the re-entry, all those other pieces that go to it. The next thing that I'd call out is being able to do uh, batch uploads of anything that's a backlog. And so in, in any type of space, whether it's healthcare or some, some, you know, some other parts of the industry where there's been a huge uptake on people all needing something at the same time, 
and those systems maybe weren't in place, you likely have things written down or documented in some other system. You need to automate working through that backlog to clear it out. So again, you can get back on track. And then just the last couple areas that I talk about is being able to prioritize the list. And so as in this market that's primarily controlled by limited supply, it becomes very important to be able to make sure that you're matching supply with the demand of individuals that need it the most based on the, you know, the, the uh, requirements set by the government. But at some point that opens up. And so it's really more of less having visibility into how many people are waiting for your services and do you have supply and demand matching issues and you need to be able to work through that. And then, you know, I think you touched on it um, in the beginning, just talking about some, all the changes in that is the last part I'd say is best practice is plan for the unexpected. Like whatever you think is going to happen, have your plan, but you have to pivot. And that is what we have seen across the board is COVID's taught all of us to be far more nimble than we've ever been in the past as across the world. And so that, that being nimble means that you should have workflows laid out. You should have a way to visualize what is your process and you should be looking at that. And I know you guys have interest on like AI, right? And automation. And this is the great place where looking at what is the workflow? How much have you automated? Are those the right things to automate? And then start looking at how long are things taking in different pieces and use that and look at the recommendations to improve your process because right now, at least with vaccines, week to week, things change. And so that means that you can't just go in with this, we built a plan and we're gonna stick to it no matter what the market changes. You have to be nimble. And that holds true post pandemic. Mike, I couldn't agree more. And obviously a huge portion of what you've just talked about planning for the unexpected that COVID-19 has taught us is that digital transformation piece as well as the AI and automation piece that's part of digital transformation. So my question is, why is AI and automation so imperative now in kind of digitizing these workflows and helping companies plan for the unexpected? And how should these systems be kind of interconnected to help the consumer and the contact center organization as a whole? It, it's a, um, uh, I'll, I'll give you just a personal kind of reference uh, story here. When you think about automation and consistency is automation being like a verb, right? Like something's taking place. You have to think about the benefits there. And where I, I started kind of early on was documenting the process, but making sure that you end up with a predictable flow that lends to a certain outcome. You know, uh, there, there's a, a tool Gwande had written a book years ago called the checklist manifesto that was geared for healthcare. And, and what the premise of the book was, is if you follow a checklist, uh, and he was looking at airlines and I, and I used to fly planes when I was younger and you wouldn't take off or land without your checklist. And the question, why? Well, because they know that if you follow a checklist, that the predictable outcome is one, you take off safely and you land safely is much greater than when you wing it. And, and the same thing here is when we talk about automation and then talking about the, the AI components in there is you can take that same piece and say, automation, 
and your workflows, those should be your checklist. You should know every step along the way. And, and that allows a larger audience to look at that inside your organization and determine, does that really make sense? Like, is that what we thought? And the only way you can start analyzing that, like the best way is to get those, those AI components to it. So getting the insights surfaced and then also having a system that's intelligent enough to give you recommendations on what you should change. And, and whether you decide that or not, the, that that's the right change or not, that's that's for you to, to figure out. But I actually think that there's even more flexibility that comes with that, which is it gives you the flexibility to start A-B testing. And so I, we think the best way to do it is this, um, but what if we made this tweak and let's run this separately and do it really efficiently and find out, do we get to the outcome quicker? Do we end up with a better outcome than we ever thought before? So these are all complementary items, right? Like the, the, these pieces of, you should follow the best practices. You need to engage as much as possible and empower that consumer to make better choices. But you also have to empower your employees of the organization to have the insights and to, to have the clarity on what's going on to also make better decisions on behalf of the consumer. Yeah, and I think one of the interesting things here is that when we talk about the patient experience or the broader topic of customer experience, we often fixate on the front line and with good reason, right? At the end of the day, the success or failure hinges on whether the customer or the patient gets what they want. That's what we see, it's what we feel, but we often downplay or don't really appreciate how much that's a factor of what's going on behind the scenes and how much our workflows and our processes are shaping what's gonna happen on the front lines. And I know that ServiceNow on the other hand does not neglect that at all. That's a huge part of what your organization does which is really looking at ways to improve the entire end-to-end -end experience including everything that's going on behind the scenes. And one area that you really spend a lot of time on is digitized workflows. Now I'm hoping you can tell our audience First of all, what that means, just introduce them to the term, but sure. more importantly, showing them how you're thinking about how you're working with your partners and your clients to make it a reality and also leverage digitized workflows to increase better, improve experiences, improve operations, and ultimately get us in position to where we can not only look at our vaccine management, but our overall patient experience and know we're moving in the right direction, we're performing better, and our patients are going to be healthier, happier, and have some of their time back. Yeah, it, it's, it's an interesting question because if you look at what is a workflow and really what does that mean, the, the way I look at it and the way when I talk to others that maybe don't spend as much time uh, around workflow management and workflow orchestration is it's a combination of the people and the processes that go together to go drive towards something, right? There's, and they're, uh, uh, Clay Christensen, uh, late Harvard professor that had uh, talked about jobs that need to be done. Um, and, and he had he at one time talked about the job of a milkshake. And, and it was interesting because if you think about that, there, there's actually a workflow even in that scenario is that there's a job that needs to be done. And, and in his analogy with like the milkshake, it was why do people buy milkshakes in the morning? Well, they did a bunch of research and they found that um, the person that was buying it had a couple key requirements of things that needed to be done. One, they were trying to get to work in the morning, so they were driving. 
Two, they needed something that wasn't messy and they could use one hand for. And then three, they needed something that it took a long time to kind of drink, right? And, and that um, it was filling. And so who would have thought that a milkshake has a, does a job, right? But it does a job. And there was a workflow in that is I need all these things to happen. And there are a bunch of tasks that happened along the way to get there. In healthcare, workflows are from that patient uh, access piece and patient access being you know, you'll hear terms like digital front door. So how does somebody find access to care? How do they fill out all the forms and everything else that they need to do to submit the right information to uh, allow them to get access to care? How do you capture consent? How do you get their signature? How do you get all these different pieces that then moves to the next step in the workflow, which is actually presenting themselves to get care? And in the world that we're living in right now, a lot of that is vaccines, you know, going through this process to go and get vaccinated. The next piece could be going to the doctor's office for a health check. I think you'll see a big push going into next year as everybody that has not focused on preventative screenings, that many of these provider organizations are going to be inundated with people trying to make up for a year and a half of lost time, uh, you know, being visited. So that's one example of a workflow is, it's the people, it's the process that happens in it. And then you have to ask, how's that process done today? And if it's paper, if it's things being stored in a spreadsheet somewhere, if it's a lot of phone calls and, and tribal knowledge of all the people that do it today, that is a great candidate to look and say, can we digitize that? And can we get to that same outcome quicker and allow those individuals that were previously doing those other steps to focus on more important things and, and provide a better customer experience. Yeah, yeah, and I like that a lot, you know, and, and certainly one of the interesting things here is this notion of the combination between how things have been done and how should they be done. And a lot of times, you know, we'll look at customer preferences and we'll look at patient preferences and we'll assume that, you know, that's what they're saying they want. And a lot of companies will rest on their laurels. Oh, People know they have to call, they know they have to come in, they know they're going to wait for these things because they've always done it. And you don't necessarily have a bit of feedback that says, I really wish you made this entirely digital because people have never experienced it. They don't know what they're looking for. What we as businesses, what we as healthcare providers have to do is say, here's what their ultimate outcome is. Their ultimate outcome is to get a vaccine. Their ultimate outcome is to have a preventative screening to make sure they're on the right track. Here's how they've been doing it here's how they should be doing it, and here's what role we can play as providers in making it easier for them, more valuable for them, more accurate, whatever the exact outcome you're looking for is, we need to take our responsibility to make that happen for them. And then again, going back to one of your earlier points, once we have these workflows in place, once we've built that successful digital front door and we know it's open whenever it needs to be open, we need to go to that next step and then say, how do we educate the patient on the right way to do it? Because not only then will they get the transparency, but they're going to realize the value that they've been missing out on. They're going to know what to look for in a provider. We're going to be that provider that's giving it to them. We're going to build more trust, better relationships. If you're for profit, you're of course going to see some financial benefit down the road as well. Everything's going to be firing on all cylinders when you start to tie not what you've always done, but instead focus on where do we need to go and what is the best way often through digital to get there. Yeah, absolutely. 
Absolutely, Brian. I think you hit the nail on the head, whether it's healthcare or another industry, whatever it might be, customer service is really about two things. One being accuracy of information and the other being efficiency, of course, and digitizing workflows now more than ever is becoming increasingly important in doing both. So Mike, Brian, thank you so much for joining me. That's all the time we have for today. Yeah. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Matt. Absolutely. Thank this is Matt Wujak, CCW Digital Analyst, signing off. Thank you for listening.